Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. So Better By Now by Brooke Annabelle is out today and we're going to talk all about her new album. It's actually her first with a major record label called Network Records, and it explores a much deeper, more personal sound that Brooke hasn't really explored before. Then after that, we'll talk to Claire Sully, who's just starting out in her career, but is releasing her first country EP very soon. We'll hear more about that and what it means to her later in the show. Well, welcome, Brooke Annabelle, to the podcast. We talked a little bit before, so it's really good to have you on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Of course. So like I said, we talked a little bit before. Last time I talked to you, you were doing a show at Mass Mocha out in Western Mass, which I always Mm -hmm. say is like literally the middle of nowhere. But that was a big like deal for you, because I think if I remember correctly, that was like one of your first really big like outdoor festivals in New England, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I hadn't ever been to that part of Massachusetts until after we spoke. And um, it really was like the last like hour of the drive was like all these back roads through <laughs> farms and stuff. But Mass Mocha is incredible. Like I got, a, I had a little bit of time to walk around the museum and um, the show was great. It was really fun. Uh, got to play with my whole band. Um, and yeah, that was like one of maybe the first like handful of shows since uh you know coming out of having no shows and having a band with me too so it was it was really good time yeah it must have been good too i should mention that you're originally from the philadelphia like you're from pittsburgh if i remember correctly from pittsburgh yeah Yeah. so for you and you live in rhode island right now so you've been in new england a little bit but now it's like you're finally kind of getting your feet wet again in the Massachusetts and New England scene, like you said, because it's been a while since, you know, we've been able to play shows. So it must have been like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been a New Englander long enough to have been converted to Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) coffee, (laughs) or I guess it's Dunkin', just Dunkin' now. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I've had a lot of great shows in New England um, in, you know, all the little listening rooms all over. Uh, and this one was different in the way that it was like a listening room, but it was also like this 
basically world-renowned museum and um, getting to partner with them to to bring people to a show like there were people that came just because they were like oh i wanted to come to a show here and i listened to you and right um yeah it was awesome <laughs> that is awesome and it must have felt good like you said to play with a band too because mm-hmm. we actually mentioned this a little bit before we had some technical difficulties recording a segment before we hopped on and like you said you've been doing some stuff like on instagram live or you must be doing like or have done some like smaller intimate sessions with just yourself i assume so like talk a little bit about that like getting back out there and especially playing with like other people that must be like a completely different feeling than doing a live or something from your bedroom yeah yeah i did a lot of those like facebook live instagram live zoom performances and they're so weird because most of the time you're just playing to your own face and all alone and you can usually see people's comments, but you can't like see their faces or like hear them respond to you. So it's a, it was really, it was really fun to be able to connect with people like that, especially early on in like pandemic lockdown days when I would go online and then there would be like people from Germany and California all in the same place, you know? Yeah. Um, And, but to get, on a stage and play music with like three other people that's yeah that's really fun yeah <laughs> there was one there was one live stream i did that i had my keyboard player like on my porch right and, like ran the cables through the window and had him stand out there and i was inside and we um yeah played a facebook show that way so that was like the closest i came for like two years <laughs> right yeah <laughs> That's just like wild too to think about like shows coming back. Like I've gone to a couple of concerts like since COVID has kind of subsided a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so wild to think that those things are coming back. Cause like you said, for some people, it's been so long. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just having that in person connection with people, especially for artists, I'm sure like makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I had one of those moments on. I was on a short tour with this band um, in July and I was watching their set and like there was like one of those moments where like everybody was like standing up and like singing along or clapping or whatever and I was like oh I forgot what this feels like it was yeah it was really awesome yeah oh, that must be so awesome yeah I love like going to shows too and I have such a better time when I see like the artists having a good time it just it makes me happy I love seeing yeah. that <laughs> yeah it's such a good feeling I assume you must have played some of your newer music too at Mass Mocha which is what I really want to talk about because yeah. you are putting out your it's your first studio album I assume right because you've had a couple projects before but this is your first like studio album you're putting out later right so this is my first record with a record label. All of my other uh, records have been made in studios, but have been all independent releases. So right. okay. um, this is a new, like I've always just been completely independent. So signing with a label at the beginning of 2022 to release this record was a whole new uh, world for me. But um you know, a lot of it stays the same. It's just a, you know, a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what about some of the stuff that you have going on music wise? Like I remember in our last talk, we talked about like your music kind of having a bigger and bolder sound. And I actually was listening to some of your records before we hopped on. And I can notice a very distinct difference. Like maybe it's because you have signed with a label that you have a little bit more resources, or maybe it's something 
inspirational in your personal life like talk a little bit about that like the progression of your sound yeah this is definitely going to be like a multi-layered answer for you but um <laughs> i started making this record remotely in the beginning of 2021 with um, a producer out in la and we just literally sent each other like from my stu home studio i sent him songs and he would build them up send them back and I would, you know, send new ideas and we'd send it back and forth. And then after we were vaccinated and such, we decided to actually get together and make the rest of the record. Um, and so it was just us two in the studio, which is actually kind of interesting because it turned out being so much bigger and bolder sounding, but it was just the two of us. And mm -hmm. then we had a drummer uh, play on it. Um, but usually when I've gone into the studio, it's like with a full band and we're all in there. And this this way was so different, but also so rewarding because I love having like a one on one uh, connection with someone to like, I've always been like pretty introverted. So I maybe feel more comfortable in a setting that's just like two people. Right. Um, but the cool thing is, is that I made the whole record independently and then network liked it and wanted to put it out so it was like um now i have a bunch of resources to get it into the world yeah. but it was just like purely that they they liked the record and that makes me feel good you know yeah i was just gonna say that must feel so rewarding like i think we hear horror stories sometimes in the music industry about labels not backing your project or your product so that must have felt really rewarding that your label that you're now with heard your music and said, we really like this. We're going to put it out how you did it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many stories of artists that make like amazing records and their labels like, no, this isn't it. And then they leave and go to another label and it's a huge success or something. But um, yeah, I haven't had uh, experience with, with that because I've always just been, you know, I do whatever I want in the studio. So it's cool that, um, that it ended up being something that hopefully um, will go out into the world. <laughs> right. What kind of drove you to signing with a label? Because like you said, you've been independent for a while and you've obviously had a great amount of success. So what kind of made you decide you wanted to take that step in your career? Yeah, good question. I, you know, have been doing this since I was a teenager and have put out a bunch of records on my own and I know how much work it is and it's always going to be a lot of work and it's always changing what, you know, you have to do to, to share the music with more people. But, um, having a team is like invaluable. So like anybody that is helping me talk about the record or come up with ideas or, you know, it's just, I wanted to take a chance on trying that out, you know, mm -hmm. and having the opportunity, I just went for it. Plus I've like network records when I was younger, like in college or, or something, I would, it seemed like every CD I flipped over was like network records, you know, right. on the back, like, you know, they launched like Sarah McLaughlin and, and so just to be affiliated with the label that I have respected for a while is is a, also a really that that influenced my decision. Yeah, that must be huge. Yeah, I think I looked up their artists that they've had on their roster. Would you say the artists that they've helped launch, like you mentioned Sarah McLaughlin just now, are those kind of artists that serve as your inspirations musically? 
Um, there definitely have been. Yeah, there was, uh, I think, I'm trying to think of all the people that I listened to that um, had influenced me at one point or another, but Sarah McLaughlin, The Weepies, Maria Taylor, um, even like Avril Lavigne when I was just starting out, like they, they were all um, on network. And so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How would you describe your sound? Because those are like in the same wheelhouse, but you kind of touched upon, you know, a little bit of a divergence there, I would say, with some of those artists. But how would you describe your sound coming from Brooke Annabelle herself? <laughs> that is such a good question, because I never feel like I can pinpoint a genre for myself because it sort of fits into the singer songwriter world. But everything that influences or inspires me is all across the board like mm-hmm. and so anytime someone says well what are your biggest influences i i'm like i <laughs> i could tell you the people i've been listening to for a really long time but does that mean they're my biggest influences i'm not <laughs> sure um but like i don't know i had i like would make a list of people that inspire me like okay i'm really into the the latest harry styles record okay Mm -hmm. so that's gonna influence me in some way right but i'm also like i've been listening to elliot smith for like over half of my life those two artists could not be more different you know so (laughs) that's why i'm just like what is my genre it's like um a spectrum of singer songwriter pop folk indie I don't know (laughs) yeah but no like that's a really good point that you bring up is like you can be influenced by so many artists and so many people that like it's by the time especially at this day and age with technology and social media and like there's so much crossbreeding now between genres and artists that it's like artists today that are you know putting out projects like you with your major label debut it's like where do you even begin to think about like I don't know where I pulled that from or I don't know where I pulled that from like it's probably from this person I used to listen to like you said or this person who I just listened to like artists are pulling yeah. inspiration from like everywhere and it's so insane yeah I was just um my next single um that's coming out is called be around and I was just um talking about where the inspiration came from that and it was really random because i had learned uh the oasis song champagne supernova Mm -hmm. and like just noticed how they were all these open chords in the in the verses and then when the chorus hits it's this full major chord and i was like oh that's why it feels so good when the chorus comes in and everybody just wants to sing along and i went for that in my in my writing of the song it doesn't sound like an oasis song but like just learning that song made its way into my brain while writing that's so wild i love that though like it really goes to show you like what is in your environment just impacts you like subconsciously sometimes it's so cool like i could talk about that kind of stuff all day but i don't have all day unfortunately yeah (laughs) um well you mentioned you have what was that single again that you said is coming out be around so that's coming out august 19th so i don't know when this will be out in the world but um yeah that's that's the next single that's like next week or something yeah that's really soon (laughs) because you put out like you put that'll be your fourth right because i haven't written down like you have 
Better By Now, which is also the name of the album, mm-hmm. 5 a.m. and What If You. So you've put out a bunch of singles like before this album. Was that kind of planned? Like, was this to help build up anticipation for the major for like sure, project? Yeah. yeah, I think that's sort of the new way of, you know, with streaming and, and social media, like telling people, hey, here's new music, like multiple times is mm-hmm. like, the only way to be like yes and now there's a whole album um but yeah since april i've been releasing a song every like six or so weeks and Mm -hmm. um it feels good to be able to like you know talk about the song for a a period of time because sometimes if you release like two singles then the rest of the album feels like it gets like lost or something Mm -hmm. right and do you think that's kind of helped you get a little bit more exposure like have you had a pretty good response to the singles like have people been following you closely or have you been gaining more followers so obviously with mass mocha i'm sure you had people that might have just discovered you there as well yeah and now it's like it's kind of i think we talked about this too last time we spoke you have like the perfect storm where it's like you have new music coming and you're also like performing again so you're just collecting all of these names i hope and like people are learning about you yeah and i think it you know there's so many different things that have to happen at the same time for a song to be successful or or whatever but you know like watching okay i have more followers on spotify as i approach the release of a new song that's great because there you know that's the cool thing about streaming is that if you've heard my song on a playlist or something my new song might get fed to you in like your release radar or mm-hmm. in some sort of algorithmic <laughs> playlist and um i think the discovery in that is really cool um it's just a matter of whether those people come back and and listen to the whole record or you know invest more than a listen yeah i'm curious because you kind of brought this up this might not be something that you really fixate on because you're an artist and you just try to focus on the work but do you have like aspirations trying to keep people to stay up to date with you and to follow your career? Like that's probably such a loaded question. So I understand if you're like, (laughs) I have no idea how to answer that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the pressure of social media is real. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I'm keeping up and then other times I'm like, Oh, I try, I'm trying to figure out TikTok and I feel like such a, millennial because it's like gen z's world on there um but yeah i mean it's it's really i just try to present everything in the most authentic way that i can i like to talk about what the songs are about and what inspired them and how they hopefully connect with people um and so that's just what i do and hope that it works you know yeah what do you think with this new batch of music too? And we can touch on some of these singles. Like, what do you think they've kind of done for you in presenting that authentic self? Cause I think I remember last time too, we talked about a lot of this album was inspired by your recent marriage and moving and things like that. So have you felt like this batch of music has kind of helped you present more of your authentic self to your fans? Definitely. Because in the past, you know, I was writing about these, these, deeply personal feelings and not really talking about what they were about. Um, And now it's like, oh yeah, this song is about my wife. And, and I feel like that 
in and of itself is just like, here I am. If you like me, great. If you don't, okay. <laughs> and like just being at peace with, with that it will find and connect to who it's supposed to, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. How do you think, do you kind of have your hand in everything when you put together your albums or your tracks? Like, do you also help out with the production and whatnot? Yeah, and especially with um, with the way that this last record was written, I was at home a lot working in my home studio and coming up with ideas for a little, like, you know, piano part here, harmonies there, and just a lot of times I will have sort of like, a, um, like I'll have a reference playlist that I share with whoever I'm working with and say like, I really love this style of, of guitar playing or keyboard playing, or I really love the sound of this snare <laughs> drum mm -hmm. or, you know, how this builds. And then that's, you know, that's sort of all the pre pre-production work, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really love, I really love that part of the process. Yeah. So I assume you've been doing that for a while. How is it kind of same thing with your sound? How's it kind of like progressed now as you're working with a major label? Like, you know, you have those resources, like you mentioned. So is it your production value, would you say, has it kind of gotten a little bit more intricate or like, I don't want to say advanced, but you know, like, has it gotten a little bit more, like shown a little bit more of a, like, progress from when you first were putting stuff out independently um you know that will i guess time will tell on that because still i've been working with network since after i i made this uh latest record but um yeah i feel like it just the the more albums that i put out the more that i learn you know a couple years ago i didn't have the home recording studio setup that I have and wouldn't have known how to, like I actually engineered some of the guitar and vocals on, on my record because I was recording from home and then sending them to the producer right. um, to, you know, EQ and mix and make sound better. But I still, you know, did that from home. And it's cool because like any artist can do that at home and have like the same level of, production quality, if you will, as if you go into a major studio. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time in recording, you know? Yeah. I'm curious too, cause you just brought this up. Do you, were you more comfortable like recording at home in your studio or do you like physically going to like a studio to record? Um, I really like going to a studio to record. I don't know why it's just, it's just sort of like, there's this dedicated space and time for making the songs that you've been working on, like come alive. That's how I always describe it. It feels like they're coming alive and like you're experiencing it for the first time. And that's like my favorite part of my job. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like you said, now you kind of have that option with COVID to like winding down, you can actually go to the studio and work with people. So like, yeah, it also is like, you know, people working from home, I think we could all use a little, maybe like a little separation from being home all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the project that I mean, this record, when I went out to California to work with my producer, he was like, I think this is this is the first time I've worked in person with someone in two years or something. And we That's just wild. 
had such a good time, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Um, so also you have a tour coming up in support of this album and I believe your tickets yeah. are in sale now, right? They are. Yeah. How does that feel? Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, anytime you're trying to sell tickets for a show, it feels like majorly going out on a limb because there's a million things people could do with their lives on that night. But, um, <laughs> But I'm going to Europe for for the first time, which was supposed to happen in 2020, and is finally wow. rescheduled. A, a little smaller scale than I was going to do in 2020, but just happy that for right now it seems like I'll actually get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then a couple of couple of U.S. dates uh, in October and November. So yeah, it's exciting to to go out and share these songs. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. That definitely sounds like you're really getting out there again, like you said, and hopefully everything's coming alive. Like you said, we'll use that term, all of your things, yeah. <laughs> your projects, like the songs, the experiences, it's all coming alive for you. So that sounds really, really awesome. And I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Brooke, for coming on. This was a blast. Why don't you let people know where they can find you to keep up on your music updates, you know, with your tours and whatnot. So people can try to tag you and come see you. For sure. Yeah. I'm on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, I'm on TikTok. I usually do my weirdest things on TikTok. As expected. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, I love, I kind of love that. It's like, well, anything goes. Um, <laughs> but my, um, my website will have all of my tour dates and such, and it's just brookannabelle.com. And my name is spelled weird, so it's A N N I B A L E.com. And yeah, I hope to see some folks on the road. Yeah. And it's the official date for the album is September 30th, right? Yes. All right. So, better by now, Brook Annabelle it will be out September 30th. Can't wait to give it a listen. I'm really excited. So. I'm definitely going to give it a listen and I suggest everyone else listening, give it a listen. So yes. Thanks again, Brooke. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you, David. So I have Claire Sully with me on the podcast. Claire, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. Yeah. And I mean, we met through working together, um, my side hustle I have at iHeart. And we were just talking before we started recording about how some of these gigs you've been working has really helped you like get your name out there and networking. Like you just said you met some producers and you're like laying down some tracks. Like that must feel like so cool. It it does feel good. I, I've had... Uh, a record put on hold for about a year now um and it's great because now we're working on this record we're finishing it up and i've met a lot of berkeley college of music artists and we're just ready to get to work and finish it so i'm excited yeah totally so what has it been like because you from what i remember us talking about before we got on this was like you've kind of hopped around a little bit and you performed like i think vermont was a place you got a lot of gigs and now you've done a little bit in Boston. You also have done Nashville. So like, where do you yeah. think you've really kind of, I don't want to say like laid your head, but where do you think you've gotten the most exposure? Or where do you think you've really linked up with the most producers, writers, things like that? 
Yeah, for sure. Well, so Vermont is where I just started out. It's, you know, it's where I started at 13 years old. And since then, I've kind of tried different areas. Um, I live in a small town in Massachusetts called Walpole. <laughs> and we've held a ton of events. We've held parties, uh, you know, festivals, stuff like that. So I've, I've definitely grown an audience in this town. Um, and then when I can, I like, I like to travel to Nashville just because I feel like that's where I belong. For so long, I was trying to figure out the kind of artist that I was. I was bouncing a lot from pop to country. And it wasn't until I met with some consultants and they were like, Claire, you gotta, you gotta stick with one genre because you can't <laughs> jump from one to the other. And so I, I really sat down in that meeting one day and I was like, well, look, I love, my, my roots are pop, but I also feel like country music is so storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm all about sharing a story. So they were like, well, why don't you just do what Kelsey Ballerini does, who's like one of my idols. And she is exactly that, a mix of pop country. And so I really feel like my mindset, my soul and everything just kind of fits in the Nashville lifestyle now because, um, you know, I'm a storyteller. And I think that's where it's shown the best. Right. I was going to ask you, yeah, if you had a preference between, because I forget, did you start out doing more country stuff and then switch to pop or was it the other way around the other way around I started with a lot of pop you listen to a lot of stuff now and you hear like that techno electro house and now all of a sudden it's switched um Mm -hmm. I'm 23 now so I'm I switched over to pop country when I was about 21 I was gonna say so it's still fairly new like you've only been doing country for not that long but you think it's really helped with your sound and your songwriting like it fits your lane more Absolutely. I, I think that I'm able to, I could still story tell in pop, but there's just something about country. You know, I, I come home and I'm like, I know what to write about. And um, it just feels more natural to write country for me now. So definitely. What are some of your songwriting influences, by the way? Like we're talking about, like you said, you come home and you can just write, like, do you just write about everyday life or do you have like experiences that you write about? Because country music and writing could be so like broad. Very, very true. Um, yeah, well, so my idols are Dolly Parton. I love Kelsey Ballerini. My big goal one day is to maybe open up for her. That would be great. <laughs> I just saw Maddie and Tay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, they're storytellers. They're not people that just sit in a room and they're like, okay, I want to write a song that you hear on the radio. Um, so that really influenced me because I have a very diverse background. I'm very international. I grew up in Italy. I have family in Argentina. So I, I feel like I have a story and I want to express that with people. And a lot of my songs, it's like I'm inspired by a lot and I get inspired easily. The last couple singles um, were inspired by a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. I go through a lot of heartbreak. I'm currently in a little situation now. So I have a couple songs that you're going to hear how I've been feeling the last couple months. So I'm excited. Oh, we love a good situationship song. It's always, always a good one to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the friends that break your heart. Those, I find myself writing a lot of songs about Mm -hmm. friends that break my heart. It's not a good feeling, but. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you'll find plenty of people that can connect with that. And is that something that you really strive for, like, through your music? Like, I think connectivity is so huge for artists, especially in country. Like, you want people to relate to what you're writing about. Absolutely. That's my goal. At the end of the day, it's like if someone comes up to me and goes, Claire, I was able to relate with that song. I I was able to hear your voice, feel your soul in that song. That's what I'm going for at the end of the day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing when the artists are like, I want a hit. Well, I feel like the hits are the ones that are more, more like expressed and, you know, they tell a story. So definitely. Yeah, I was wondering too, because I think this was something else we talked about when I met you like last week or the week before, which is wild. You kind of talked about too, like this dynamic of writing versus performing, because I think you had said like, even if you weren't the one singing your songs, you at least would want to be the one writing them for somebody else to perform. So how do you feel about like, you know, that dynamic of just being a songwriter or just being a performer or both? Mm -hmm. Yeah, performing is something I've done forever, but writing is also something that's just, it's something that's so, I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, you you just see there's people that come up to me and they're like, your writing is so deep. You are a big writer. And so I took that to heart and I was like, well, if the performing thing doesn't work out, I mean, I would love to write for other artists. I would love to help others become better songwriters and um, you know, and Nashville is, is a city where songwriting is huge. So mm-hmm. I think it's more songwriting over there than performing, you know? Yeah, total. And you, you've worked with some songwriters and other people at labels, right? Like, I think you said you worked with some people that worked with Kelsey. Yeah. So I worked, uh, with some executives over at Warner, some engineers that worked with, um, Warner and we got to release a pop EP last year, which was great. And then when I was going through that little phase of, okay, I want to do some more um, country work, I had just connected with someone on Facebook Mm -hmm. and we find out that he plays guitar and he was Kelsey Ballerini's um, technician. And I worked with him. His name is Jeremy Boyle. And we just wrote this song last year and we're like, this song has to make it on the record. So I'm very, very excited. Um, And yeah, and I, I didn't even think that I'd worked with someone who's worked really closely with Kelsey. So it's, it's been great. Right. It's like one step closer to what you're trying to get at, which like you said, dream would be to open up for Kelsey Ballerini. Right. Right. And I'm curious too, because I was actually reading another interview that you were featured in not that long ago. And you were kind of talking about like the experiences of your career and like setbacks and things like that. And some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome. So can you talk a little bit about like some of the challenges you face? Cause you're young, like you said, you're 23. Yeah. So you're still like kind of, you know, climbing this ladder. I think that that's something that not a lot of artists talk about. A lot of artists are like, okay, so I made it here and this is what happened. I got discovered this way, but people don't really talk about the challenges about rejection. Mm-hmm. And I started out professionally at 18 years old. So I was like, okay, in my, in my like pocket, I was like, I got a couple songs that maybe I could pitch the labels and I'd end up having meetings and they'd be like, uh, it's not radio ready. Or they'd be like, this isn't the sound we're going for. So you really have to build uh, a thick skin with this mm. industry. That's something that, you know, I just talked to an artist who, who sent me a song and was like, can you get this played on radio? And I reached out to him. I listened to the song and I was like, well, I don't mean to be harsh, but now, now it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't like properly produced. And now it's almost like I've built up, not exactly like a, not, not to be harsh with people, but you just Mm. build skin. And now I'm so used to being like, okay, you need to get used to rejection because if, if you get told your whole life, this is how it goes, you're, you sound great and you're really not doing your job right. You know? Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Cause like, it really is 
such a hard industry to break into. And like you said, there are so many people that are going to tell you no, or so many people that are going to reject you or slam the door in your face and do exactly like what you said, like be like, this isn't good. Like you need to work on this. Right. And that's exactly what happened with these consultants uh, at a, at a label that were telling me you can't do pop and country go back and forth. You have to find one thing. And so that really hit me when I was like 20, I was like, Oh, like, what am I supposed to do now? And that's where I was really trying to figure out who I was as an artist. Cause I was really struggling. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like a door in my face. <laughs> I was like, okay, so a professional is telling me I can't do both. I have to pick one and kind of stick with it. So that just really built me up, not only as an artist, but really built up my thick skin, you know? Yeah. And how do you use that kind of moving forward now? Like you said, you're about to put out a project. You've worked with some really great people. How is these, mm-hmm. how have these like rejections and criticisms helped you move your career forward? I think it's just, you know, I, criticism to me has always been a, a way for me to just work harder. Um, I come from a household that's very strict. I, my dad's very all about finance. My mom is also in career development for people. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a household that wasn't always cupcakes and rainbows. I don't know how to really put it, but uh, it was always, you got to go to school. You have to, you know, find a job that'll keep you stable. But I've dealt with a lot of criticism, not only from my family, I've dealt with friends that have told me, Claire, maybe this isn't for you. And you know what, that just, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing what I love. And um, I just take the haters as a form of power, because at the end of the day, you're just moving forward. And, and, um, you know, and now I'm here, which is great. So that's so wild that you said like some of your friends haven't been that supportive. I feel like that's like the one thing they should be is supportive yeah. of your career. That's so wild and to me. It's, it's crazy to admit, but I do have some people and I think it might be out of their own like their own little insecurities, but you know what? It's it's great. I'm really I'm really satisfied and I didn't think that I'd get this far, so it's it's been great. Right, that's awesome. So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about this project that we're teasing because you are, I think I saw you're putting it out very soon. Is that correct? Yes. So originally we were supposed to have it out yesterday, um, but I had a producer who was in the army too. So we just couldn't get that finished for the life of me. So when we had this event with Kiss 108 and I met this producer at Berkeley, I was like, that's it. We need to do something because people are waiting for this record. Um, So now we're thinking early October. Um, the EP is called Let's Move South. It's got seven tracks on it. Um, and it kind of talks about just my journey as a country artist. It, it talks about love and heartbreak and, um, you know, the typical country messages, trucks, beers, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited about it. And this is going to be your first like full country EP, right? It's my very first one, which makes it so incredible. Um, I, I had released a couple country singles when I was like 18, 20. Mm-hmm. And now to put out a full, uh, you know, project as a country artist, I'm, I'm so excited. So yeah. excited. Something yeah. new. Too, so definitely. Yeah. And it gives you a chance to reinvent your career, like you've said, because you had this jump between pop and country. And now you're finally going to be doing it like, full throttle so it must be like a total like full circle moment for you oh I'm so excited I'm so excited what about where did you work on this record did you work on it in Nashville too or mostly up here in Boston 
So I worked on it here in Boston. I had Zoom meetings with Jeremy Boyle, who worked with Kelsey through through Zoom during COVID. Um, and we've had these, like I said, a couple songs that have been on our files for a year and then just not touched. Um, and then, you know, we just we just bounced off ideas through Zoom. I got a lot of it done here. I'm getting it recorded at Berkeley next week. So yeah, it looks like things are moving forward, which is what I want at the end of the day. Wow, what was that? I feel like so many artists have done like the COVID recording sessions, but like what was Oh, I know. What was that like? <laughs> was that like difficult at all? Cuz he was was he somewhere else? I assume he wasn't up here, right? No, he was in Nashville. So what we did was we did a little co-writing. So I wrote a lot of the verses, he wrote my bridge, and then what would happen is I had a producer here and he would send me everything he had. And then I just sent my material to the producer. He got it all done. Would send it back to me. And now it's been sitting in my files for a year. Um, not for long. So right. That's like so wow. Cause it must be, and this is something else I remember you mentioned when we worked together. It was like there's a process to releasing albums and projects that a lot of people don't understand. Like I think you were saying sometimes it takes months for this stuff to see the light of day. Right. Well, that's what that's what my mom was saying. My mom was like, well, what is it you think? You just write a song and then you put it out in like a, a month? And I'm like, well, no. Like I said, this this project has been in my files for a year. And I had writer's block for 11 months, which Ugh. has never happened to me, ever. I'm telling you, never happened. And I went overseas to see family and friends. I just couldn't. I would think that I would have like some inspiration at that point. I just didn't have anything. So I was like, well, now it's going to take me longer to put out this record. It's going to take me longer to write a song. Um, so, you know, it takes time. At the end of the day, you want something that's good and polished and, you know, doesn't sound bad. So I'm glad <laughs> I would. <waited. laughs> right. It's like writer's block can be a blessing and a curse because it's like it you don't have you might not have anything like any juice in that moment but then when it finally like clears you have like this stream of like right. genius but it's so I can see that like it must be so frustrating as I mean, like artists to just not be able to write or produce anything for a while I think the longest I've ever gone is like what three days with writer's block this was like 11 months and I was like how do I not have any inspiration like I just didn't because I'd already released um my pop record last summer so I think at the time I had gotten everything out that I at that time wanted out so this new year I, I was like well what am I gonna write about so I you know it is a blessing in disguise yeah well how do you feel like you get inspired then when you're in that mindset where you're like just stuck and you feel like you have nothing else because you said you traveled did that like do anything or did this just kind of come back naturally that's what I was thinking I was uh, my initial thought was I'm gonna go overseas with my family I'm gonna go to Europe and go back to my roots meet my family my friends and then hopefully something will spark some inspiration and it's weird I, I guess I just didn't have anything that that could potentially be put into a country song that's the other thing I was in Europe so I don't know if Europe and the South kind of blended together even though maybe the message that I was trying to pull across could have mm -hmm. worked but I just don't think I was in the right environment to to write a country song while I was in Europe mm -hmm. so and then when I went through this um fallout with a friend just 
not even two weeks ago, all of a sudden now I'm like, well, now I know what to write about. Now I know people can relate. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I feel like, have you ever tried doing one of those? I think a lot of artists do this, like a session where you just like sit in a room and you try to like bounce off ideas. Is that, is that something you would want to do? Oh, I do that all the time. I have co-writers. I had a co-writer from Alabama. My first uh, country song was called The Girl in Nashville. And I had it all laid out, but having a co-writer helps so much because they help bounce off ideas. That's what I did with Jeremy Boyle, who worked with Kelsey. Um, you know, it was just bouncing off ideas, which is sometimes what you need because writing a song by yourself could be good, but having co-writers to help you elaborate on a verse or a hook or something is just as helpful, you know? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that, like collaboration, because Mm-hmm. as I mentioned to you too like you're so good at like networking when you do like events and things like that and I think I remember you like trying to connect with like rappers and other artists like mm-hmm. what does collaboration mean to you like how do you think it helps you as an artist and how do you think it helps the other person you're working with definitely collaborating is something I've done my whole life um now when I say collaborating sometimes I could mean a co-writer someone that helps me write my own songs um I've written a lot of I've done a lot of projects myself, but sometimes I have co-producers just because I, I'm not typically in charge of all that. And I like someone who's already um, professional at what, what it is they do with that. So I have a lot of collaborations with producers most of the time. Um, on that single, A Girl in Nashville, I had a co-writer from Alabama. Um, I had on a single, it was another country single called Miss Louisiana. I had a co-producer from Berkeley. And that's been great too. So networking, collaborating is something that I've always done and I think it's great. Um, I also have a music consultant out in Washington who uh, introduced me to an artist who's currently on tour who I'm going to meet next month. He's, um, his name is Q Reitz. He's a rapper. So uh, I'm set to meet with him next month and I'll just see where that goes. And if a collaboration comes out of it, great. If a, you know, it's a connection. So yeah exactly and that's really like how you get far in this business too like you have to like link up with other artists you have to get your name out there whether it's like performing or like recording together or things like that do you plan on like touring or performing and like promotion of this EP that you have yeah I would love so I know some people in radio out in New York I know some people here in Boston I've been played on radio my first time on radio was I was 16 years old I'd entered a songwriting competition in the New England area and I just so happened to be a top 10 artist and they were like yep we're gonna put you on radio um so but yeah I would love to get this on radio I'm I'm really really proud of this and um yeah I think it's something I'm gonna be doing more shows and looking into that and seeing where else I can perform it and hopefully get it on radio soon yeah that would be awesome definitely try to use those connections like you said I heart you know friends in radio (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah, definitely. Where do you think you would want to like perform? Like, do you think you have like a bigger pull in the Boston area now because you're from here and you've kind of like stepped out a little bit or do you see yourself kind of going back to Nashville at some point? I want to do both. I definitely, I've performed a lot of town events and I want to do more city stuff, more venue, uh, you know, like House of Blues kind of thing, just kind of where, where artists kind of start and then rise. And I think I've done enough of that in the small town that I'm from um but I think you know Nashville would be great start too you know they're at bars you know they're open 24 hours and I think that would just get a lot of exposure there so 
I'd love to. I'm, I'm planning a trip to Nashville in a couple months, so I'd love to get out there and perform these songs. Oh yeah, that would be cool. And if I remember correctly, that's how you like started too. Like you did a lot of like open mics and playing in bars and stuff. So you're probably like, you're probably like a pro at that stuff now. <laughs> yeah, the bars. And, yeah, the bars and stuff. Very pro at that. <laughs> do you like those though? Like, do you think that kind of works with your music and like getting your name out there and connecting with people? in a way I would say bars I just think bars are a good place to start but I think in terms of exposure and networking I think festivals are, mm. are a good place to be right yeah um, the bigger the audience is a little bit more towards what you want to do or more bars it's just people that come in to listen to live music and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah where where have you performed like festivals like have you done some in Vermont and Massachusetts so Vermont I did I've done a like a like a bar performance and I just I haven't gone back since I was like 13 but uh I've done I've done festivals and private stuff in, in the town of Walpole I've performed um on Broadway in Nashville I've done I've done a variety of stuff around here but I would love to get out more to the city and hopefully back to Nashville for mm-hmm. sure and obviously we have mentioned like your aspirations to someday like open for a Kelsey Ballerini or something like that so do yeah. you see yourself being like a stadium artist or like, you know, being in more like performance halls at some point? Yeah, I'd like to, I was just at Brighton Music Hall to, to see Maddie and Tay. And I was like, that would be a great place to start. Obviously dream big, the stadiums, what Taylor Swift does, great. I think it's important to dream big, but I think starting out like Brighton Music Hall, the Roadrunner sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just, I want to start small and then gradually build my way up. Mm-hmm. Right, so. exactly. Like you, it's like nearly impossible to make th- that big of a jump from like. Right, unless you're, unless you're like top, right. And I know <laughs> I'm not up here quite yet. So I want to like gradually, you know, make my way, but. Right. And what are some of the things you think you need to do in order to get to that level? Like, is it more just working on producing? Is it more just like working on the songs that you write or like your performance? Like, what do you think you want to work on as an artist? As an artist, I think obviously the songwriting skills are important because you want people to listen to you at the end of the day. It's not about, well, to me, it's not about the melodies and the beats. It's if, if the messages come across, then that's what I'm trying to get at. So every day I'm writing uh, new songs, uh, my performing abilities, you know, you're constantly building on that and just perfecting that. Um, and I think the networking thing also goes a long way because in this business, you have to be very professional with how you talk, how you act, um, and who you talk to, stuff like that. So I think it's important to, um, also try to perfect that because if you got the performing down and the singing down, but don't know how to act with professionals, Mm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna go well. Right. It's like putting your best foot forward, essentially. Because at the end of the day, these professionals are the ones that are going to make or break your career. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. I'm curious, do you have you like started to develop a fan base in Walpole or anywhere in Massachusetts? Yeah, in Walpole, I just got asked to do a performance. Uh, we have a town performance in October. Um, and it's like common. I don't know. It's something common of the arts I'm not too sure I forget mm-hmm. but there's something coming up in October and they asked me to be a part of that so I'll do that I haven't performed in about a year just because I've been going through my own journey and I've been writing I've been traveling so um yeah. to get back on stage will be great oh yeah I bet like 
I've talked to so many artists too that like haven't performed for so long, mostly because of like COVID and whatnot. And I think every artist I talk to has always said, there's no feeling like performing live and just connecting with people through live music. I feel like I've waited so long to perform again. I can't, I think a lot, a lot of people can vouch on that one, but to get back out there after COVID, oh my gosh, I was depressed <laughs> in COVID when I was like, okay, you can't perform. So. Right. And especially for somebody like you, who like, you're really trying to work and your right. career and you're up and coming like performing is really where you get your name out there and you can also make money doing it like yeah. a lot of artists were cut off from that for so long right that's like, true I can't even imagine like you know like the bigger artists that it's like they can just sit back and relax but for people <laughs> like and then you know, trying to make a living and right? you know get all going yeah yeah. yeah like what about the Claricellis that are like we need we need some shows here people like come on like <laughs> did yeah, you right. ever like think about doing like live streams or anything because your Instagram you have a pretty big following did you ever yeah. do like you know stuff on that or your YouTube channel too actually like you've uploaded videos Has, was that like a way to kind of help you through stuff definitely live streams are always great and you know what's actually crazy is TikTok is where I've probably gotten the most of my views it's you'd think it's the opposite, but um, <laughs> yeah, TikTok is where I've gotten the most views during my lives. So I did a I did a little performing, like a little sneak peek of my single yesterday on TikTok, and people really liked it. So I think, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great way because during COVID, a lot of people I know were going live on their platforms and using that as a form of sharing and expressing their music. Yeah, totally. Well, Claire, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. It was exciting to talk about your project why don't you tell us where people can find you like you just mentioned tiktok so you got a couple socials so where can people find you so they can check out your music so i'm on all platforms um under claire sully 27 and including digital platforms such as spotify apple music itunes just claire sully perfect and what's something that you can tell us about this project that like you haven't told anyone else before. Like, what we gotta get people excited to listen to this. It's your first country EP. Um, that is that's good. It's it's a very different sound. You're not gonna hear, you're not gonna hear a lot of the the typical synths and a lot of the typical beats and the you know. You're gonna hear something more vulnerable, and you're gonna hear acoustic music, and you're gonna hear electric guitar. I've never really had electric in there, so. It's just a very different sound for me. And I think that that's something that I'm looking forward to just sharing with people because it's so new. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm excited now. I can't wait to listen to it. I think you're really going to like it, actually. I think you're going to like it. Awesome. I love that you're so confident about it, too. Like, it says a lot when an artist, like, stands behind their work like that. Oh, definitely. This is a a project I'm so proud of just because it's been sitting in my my drawers for so long, (laughs) you know? Right. So. It's going to feel good once it's finally out in the world. So yeah, best definitely. of luck. Best of luck to you. Thank and wh- you. what was the name of it again? So the EP is called Let's Move South. Let's Move South. And you're hoping next, like early October. So next month, very soon. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Claire. Again, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Grayson Chance is speaking out about the trauma he felt after Ellen DeGeneres discovered him at the age of 12. Chance, now 25, said he never met someone more manipulative than DeGeneres, 
and says he experiences PTSD because of how he was treated. The interview coincided with Chance's latest album release, Palladium. Popular 90s rapper Coolio has died at the age of 59. The Compton native, who was known for hits like Gangsta's Paradise and Fantastic Voyage, was reported dead on Wednesday, September 28th. The news came from Coolio's manager who said he died at a friend's house. No initial cause of death was revealed. And Rihanna will be headlining Super Bowl 57's halftime show scheduled for Sunday, February 12th. The singer broke the news by posting a photo of her holding a football on her Instagram on Sunday, September 25th. The show will mark Rihanna's first live performance in over five years and the end of her self-imposed boycott of the event. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics with all new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all.